0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of the curiosity podcast. My name is Dave Ingen. I'm the faculty advisor for the group. On this first episode of season two, you are going to hear current MSU student Carson Pike interview former MSU student Emily Albright. Emily reflects on her time in the department, as well as her career in higher education. Carson runs the show, but you're going to hear me ask a follow-up question or two along the way. Thanks for being with us.
1: Hey, Emily, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking.
1: So I'm just going to tell you right now, I got a list of about 10 questions that I'm going to ask you here for the interview.
2: That sounds good. We'll just see what comes at me and see how I can answer or not. (laughs)
1: All right. So the first question, can you tell us what exactly your job is? Like your title, responsibilities, that sort of thing?
2: Yes. It's funny because my title has been kind of up in the air right now, but I'll I'll go, I'll pick something and go with it. Um, I am an assistant director in the admissions office at Minnesota State University, Mankato. I supervise a team of five members of what we call our recruitment team. So we're really responsible for connecting with prospective students and families who are interested in learning more about the university. Um, We meet with them both on campus. You may have taken a campus tour, or many campus tours of multiple campuses, or the folks that people meet with when they arrive to campus. But we also go out into high schools, um, community colleges, um, and different just types of events where students are seeking more information. So we're the connectors to prospective students and hopefully making good impressions with them.
0: My job is to ask follow-up questions, by the way. How long have you been doing this gig?
2: So I graduated from Minnesota State Mankato in May of 2019. Dr. Engen was my advisor. Um... I began working in the admissions office in August of 2019, so right after I graduated. And I started as an admissions officer. I worked on campus in Taylor Center, um, down at the other corner of campus. And then I became a Twin Cities-based admissions officer. So we recruit lots of students from the Twin Cities area. And so I actually lived up there um, and worked from home in the Twin Cities area. I would come to campus maybe twice a month, and for different types of events. Um, And then I became an interim assistant director, and then just just this past July, I was fully hired on as an assistant director. So all in all, about four years.
1: That's actually uh, really interesting. Uh, So the second question that I do have, it's a little bit more challenging than the last one. I'm gonna warn you right now. Okay. Uh, what is one specific thing about your job that you really like?
2: I really like my job because it's very easy for me to do. So as I described, my job really is to connect with potential and future Mavericks and the people who are supporting their um, college search journey. And I am genuinely, proud to be a maverick, to be an alum of the university. And so that makes my job really easy because I really just get to c- talk to students, learn about them, and you know share what my experiences were with the university, what I have since learned in the position about what makes us a great university, and through conversation, help them see if our university is a good fit for them, ultimately. I don't think it's my job necessarily to tell any student that, oh, you must come to Minnesota State University. I loved it, you'll love it, it was a good fit for me, it will be a good fit for you. That's not, my, that's not what the conversation looks like. Um, so I feel lucky to be able to genuinely share my experiences and genuinely learn about a student to just help them along their college search journey without necessarily feeling that I have to apply pressure in that direction. And not all college admissions professionals have that luxury. A lot of um, college admissions professionals feel more pressure from their administration because you know, enrollment numbers fall on us, which drives revenue and all these sorts of other things. Um, but connecting with the students, having those conversations, learning about the student, what their interests are, and giving them information to help them decide what college might be a good fit for them
1: yeah I will definitely uh like to say right now it was a very tough decision for me to pick which college did you
2: tour multiple
1: I toured oh boy I toured four colleges but I got accepted to six
2: okay (laughs) good good
1: this one is the one that uh caught my attention the most
2: yeah and it's a good distance from home for you yeah, it mean? was for me, too, so that was a big factor.
1: Like, for you, it was a very positive experience for me. All right. Um, what is maybe one specific thing about your job that might be a little bit more challenging for you?
2: Um, let's think about this. Think Considering that this will be put out into the world, <laughs> I have to <laughs> choose what I'm going to say. Um You know, this might be too specific to the logistics of how I operate in the admissions office, but so I still live in the Twin Cities, and I still work from my studio apartment, right? And yet I supervise a team that is in person, on campus, in Mankato. And so I think for any young professional moving into a supervision role, there's a lot of unknowns, and things you have to figure out on how you work with folks and how you coach folks and guide folks and and also get the job done, right? Um, Supervision, I guess. But I have had that extra challenge of learning to supervise with all the ambiguity of being removed from my, like physically removed from my team. And so we do a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of Microsoft Teams messages, um, which isn't, the best, I'll be the first to admit, it's not the best way to supervise a team, Um, but we've been creative together. And my supervisor, the director of admissions, has been really great in helping me navigate that challenge. And I think we have a nice system down now. Like I said, I do come down to campus a couple times a month, and so I do still get to connect with my people in person and do that relationship building, which is really key. But when I am at my home base, and working from home primarily, it has been a challenge to supervise from a distance.
1: I can only imagine how difficult that would be, cause especially if like your entire team is in person. Mm-hmm. Like That just, that sounds very difficult. It is, and
2: especially, well, it's a good thing that I started on campus because I got to have that relationship building with a lot of the team members who are still around. Um, and I got like the feel and the dynamic of our office, which is good because then I've been able to continue that in a sense as much as I can from a distance. Um, but it's not the same as it could be where they can just pop right into my office or I can pop into theirs or we're getting lunch together all the time and having that you know outside of office talk conversations and relationship building that happens through that. But like I said, we do our best, Microsoft Teams and Zoom, um, and I, I, feel I'm very aware of that, so I try to be intentional about the interactions I have with them, um, the frequency of interactions, and the quality of interactions, though I'm physically removed from them. All right. Was that too niche to my? Because not all admissions people deal with that oh, challenge. that was great. Yeah. Okay, that was great. perfect. Good.
0: And I think a lot of students and and future professionals are going to be dealing with building relationships in that virtual environment. So I think that was great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. The
1: fourth question that I am going to, oops, the fourth question I'm going to ask, why do you think your job matters?
2: Mm, That's a great question, especially given all this AI chat GPT stuff going on now. Um, I think that the world of admissions counseling is so important because of the relationship building that happens during information sharing. Information sharing and collecting is a really important part of the college search and a lot of high schoolers, probably most high schoolers now, would get most of their information from our website. Right, And and a lot of students do go through the whole admissions process without even interacting with our office, um, or a person in our office, I should say. But for a lot of students, that real genuine person-to-person connection helps them a lot. Um, Specifically for first-generation students, for example, who maybe don't know what information should I be seeking out? You know, I can have a student come to me um, in person or on the phone or in Zoom, wherever, and just say, okay, like, I want to go to college, and I can gauge with them through conversation what I can help them with in this college search or just college decision, do I go or do I not go, process that they are going through, potentially by themselves. Do they know what they should consider when they're looking for a college? You know, distance, size, academic programs, um, social opportunities, athletics, any those kind of interests. Um, Do they know that some colleges offer those things and some don't? Those sorts of things, you know, certainly the cost of college conversation is a huge one that we can assist with. Um, Affordability and scholarships and other types of financial aid Um, and application processes. Every college has a different application process. Oh my goodness, I wish it was all the same, but it's not. And so it's so important that we are here to connect with students and help them navigate through that college process specific to our university because it's it's so different for every college. I'm trailing off, I need to gather my thoughts.
1: <laughs> you are okay.
2: Okay, thank you. Why is my job important? I should have a more solid answer for that. <laughs>
0: Hmm. That's a great answer. And it, I, I think what I hear you saying a little bit, too, is that, you know, your job is important in part because it's a very human job. It's a very... Yeah.
2: It is a very human job. And like I've said, relationship building. And it's interesting that I say that, I think, actually, because um, Minnesota State Mankato is the second largest university in the state of Minnesota right now. Um, and our enrollment is strong, it's healthy, and our team only has five people who are, who have the primary responsibility of connecting with students, and we, we don't actually have a lot of like hands-on touch moments with most of the students who enroll here, whereas other schools, um, smaller colleges or institutions, they have maybe a couple hundred students enroll with them every year, and yet they have a team of 15, right? So admissions can look like a lot of different things. Um, But even so, at a large institution with a smaller recruitment team, it's a human-based job, and those relationships, those in-person conversations are really important.
0: We're hoping this is listened to by students who are thinking of going off and perhaps becoming gainfully employed themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And I liked a couple of things that you said. One, you know, you're not really trying to sell something, right? Right by and large Um, but you are trying to represent something that you believe in and it's awfully nice when you end up in a situation where you get to represent something that you believe mm-hmm. in right and yeah so that's something that i'm kind of thinking about as you're as you're talking that's exciting and now i'm rambling on so carson you must have another good question <laughs> all right uh this is the fifth question after this one we're about halfway okay. done
1: with the questions can you share a specific story about a time in your job where you felt good or maybe you felt like you made a bit of a difference?
2: (laughs) I don't know how. Okay, yeah, I'll tell this one story. (laughs) Okay, so again, this might be too niche, you guys can tell me. But um, I think that language is so important in in all things, but especially, you know, in matters of access um, and and education, certainly. And in our application admissions process, there's lots of different lingo and language that we use. Um, And if you're not familiar, Minnesota State Mankato has what we call our guaranteed admission requirements. Um, So if you have a certain academic profile, you're guaranteed admission. Um, When I first started, if you didn't meet that academic profile, you were straight up denied, and you would have to what we at the time called submit an appeal, and that was just what it was. And I think you know that I think it, ultimately it is a pretty universal term in um, college admissions, you know, having to appeal, right? But something about the word appeal didn't feel good to me, and it didn't feel good when I was having to say the word appeal to students and families that I was meeting with um, and describing the process of, you know, you're denied admission at this time, but what we do is we always wanna look for opportunity for them further, and so that might look like attending another institution first and considering reapplying to us in a couple years or after a few terms as a transfer student, right? Um, Or you think it appeal. Okay, appeal, the word appeal did not feel good to me. And it didn't, when I would say the word appeal, you could just, the the feeling in the room changed. The word appeal doesn't feel good. I think you got that point. So, (laughs) um, I suggested that we change the language. We're not changing the process, ultimately. But I wanted to use a different word. I don't know, when you think of appeal, you think of like, law and courts and something happened that you want to undo or whatever. And so I was thinking of other words that we could use. Um, Holistic approach is another term that's often um, floated in college admissions. What we landed on, um, what I suggested to the team, and what we ultimately landed on was the term comprehensive review. Now, nothing is necessarily special about those words in particular, but they feel a little better than appeal, right? And it's the same process. We're just kind of, the the language choice, it can make people feel different about the steps they have to take. Removing the word appeal and using something else, I could feel that it made the students feel better. It made the students more optimistic. It made them feel more hopeful. It, it made them see them It made them see themselves actually going through this process that we were looking for them to go through. Um, So I feel proud that I, maybe not proud, but I'm glad that I felt what I was feeling about that certain word and suggested a small language change. And I do feel that that has... Changed the interactions that we have with our prospective students and students who have currently applied to the university for the better. Does that make sense?
1: And I actually completely agree with that. Appeal just did
0: not right. sound right. It's kind of just like an icky word. Yeah, it's just like ah, oh, it, it just makes my ear hurt a little.
2: So I'm glad you agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a great example and story. Thank you.
1: All right, so these are still going to get a little bit harder. Oh my. So our audience, you guys might want to hold on to something here, oh because these goodness. are going to get even harder. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Can you tell us about your educational background and how it prepared you for your current job?
2: Yes. Should I be honest, or can I falsify
0: it? You should be honest. Okay. Recognizing your academic advisor is sitting next to you, but I'm kidding. Oh well, yeah, I'm yeah, kidding. yeah, No,
2: I wouldn't. <laughs> no, of course be honest. So I have a Bachelor of Science in Communication Studies and Political Science. That's why I would maybe cut, because I don't really identify with the Political Science um, background anymore. I started high school in 2016, or I graduated high school in 2016, started poli- Sci in 2016. Not really interested in that anymore, but Communication Studies. Um, so with that degree, I learned just a lot about connecting with students and language, right? Like that example I just said, and how language and the way we communicate information can make people feel different things um, and perceive things in different ways, um, and how we can best, how we can alter how we communicate um, to change processes for the better to, in this case, enhance the mission of what my job is, which is ultimately to recruit students. um, I think that's made a difference. Mm. Was that answering your question? Did you wanna know that I have a Bachelor of Science? No, it's great. Okay, I also also, um, earned a Master's Degree in Organizational Leadership from Winona State University. That was a really, uh, I really enjoyed my time in that program. It was very focused on leading organizations, how to manage people, how to work in teams, um, how to create change in organizations for the better. And it was a 100% online program, which was interesting. Um, But I, you know, went to Winona State's campus for the first time on my graduation day, walked across the stage, met my classmates, met my faculty. Um, So that was really a fun experience, and I'm glad I earned that degree. It was very relevant to the work that I do and taught me a lot. It's different than a bachelor's degree because there's not like the gen eds and such. Yeah, and it's, as I'm connecting with prospective students or high school students who are looking for colleges that will match their career interests potentially, um, I, I reflect back on my decision to choose communication studies because a lot of them, a lot of them do say, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a nurse, I want to be in law enforcement, I want to be a pilot, etc. But some of them do just say, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know I like working with people or helping people, um, something like kind of general like that. And I relate to those folks, and I think that's why um, I found myself in the communication studies major, because it doesn't doesn't point you in one exact career direction, but it can help you um, be a better human in in any career direction that you choose.
1: Yeah, I was uh, actually struggling for my first two years of college to even decide a major because there were so many things I was interested in. But then uh, one of my advisors recommended me to the communication uh, program. And at the time, I was like, there's no way that I could ever do communication for a major here I am now.
2: Yeah, here you are. I think a lot of people think it's public speaking and, uh, right. you know, speech writing or whatever. Um, but it's so much more than that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Thank you.
1: All right. Number seven. What have you learned in your job that you couldn't learn in school? Mm,
2: okay. I'll start, but I don't know if this is going to land where you want it to. <laughs> um, you know, in school, there are, it's textbooks, right? My uh, Communication studies was also a lot of interaction, um, project-based coursework, and, but it's still all a template and hypotheticals for, all, for a lot of the time. And I think one thing that I didn't learn in school that I have learned through experience in my professional career is working with humans and all that humans are complications, um, emotions often come up in conversations about college admissions, Um, ambiguity and uncertainty, especially as I'm working with high school age students. All these, these unknowns that I think are best navigated by just connecting human to human. And again, I go back to this the strength of what communication students or communication studies did ultimately teach me is how to connect with people. Do you know what I mean though? Like, Mm -hmm. like we talk, we can talk about um, feelings and um, in communication studies, you know, different emotions certainly and how communication and language choices may or may not align with different emotions that people experience or how they respond to things. But, to actually have someone sitting across from me at my desk and to watch a real-time interaction go down with and watching and interpreting their emotions, um, you have to react to it in real-time. And I think that my academic program in communication studies prepared me for that, I guess, but I never truly was experiencing it until I was in my career across a desk from someone. Does that make sense?
1: Yep. And that was a perfect answer. Okay,
2: thank
0: you. So Yeah, we rate all the answers.
2: Uh, Oh, that (laughs) was my favorite. That was
0: 10. Yep. you know what I mean?
2: Like a textbook, you can only get so much until you're really there.
0: Yeah. No, that was very well said. This is great. And I'm
1: also kind of the same way to where I'm more of like a hands-on learner rather Mm -hmm. than like a I have to read this book or this website to learn something. Uh So I completely understand that.
2: Right. And and your textbook is not going to have an angry parent on the other side of the phone yelling at you. Yep. That's true, too. Mm. And hopefully there's no projects like that. All
1: right. Um, Question number eight. How has your job changed you?
2: (laughs) You are right. These are getting harder. Working in college admissions has really opened my eyes and perspective on the accessibility of higher education. And growing up, everyone around me went to college. Um, Most of my family went to college and um, Some of them have graduate-level degrees. And even thinking about the high school experience I had, the conversation was always, where are you going to college? And in most cases, the conversation really was, what four-year institution are you going to? Really, the 2 years conversation... Um, the military conversation, the not going to higher education institution conversation didn't really happen. It's just the, the community I grew up in. Um, since becoming a college admissions professional, I've seen that that's not the case for everyone. And there's so many barriers to higher education. Starting with, you know, the confusion <laughs> of how do I get there? What does it look like? Can I see myself there? If I go there, will I see people who look like me? Will there be people who will support me, who will embrace me? And high school students are just left to like, they don't know. And, and I found that, well, I, I help those students answer those questions, but I don't think I realized how a lot of students don't have those college education co- conversations because it's, I know what I want to say. I just got to gather. great. So, yeah, I grew up, when, and college was always in the conversation. And I think being now in the role that I'm in, I'm realizing that for a lot of students um, in, my, like in Minnesota, in my own communities that I live in now, that college conversation is not part of their life. Um, and because of that, a lot of them think it's not, An option for them. And I've just been, I've I've seen all the different barriers that a lot of students and families experience, um, whether it's not having transportation to to tour colleges or not having the time to work on college applications or write college essays because they're working a part-time job to support their family or they're the one responsible in their family for um, being a caretaker. Um, Or they... Don't have time to go visit their college counselor because of X, Y, and Z. Um, Yeah, do you get what I'm going for? Oh, that's great. It's almost there. It's almost there. (laughs) Hmm.
0: uh, I'm the follow up guy. Yeah. That's my job. He's the main guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it almost seems like what you're saying, too, is, and and I think you've said this quite well, but basically, you know, this job helped you better understand not only higher education, but kind of the, the, the situations and, and, and the lives that people lead that might be different than your own. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I remember for 17 years of my life, I was convinced I was never going to go to college. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, just one day, I remember after getting my senior pictures in high school done it just randomly clicked in my head like, Oh my God, I want to go to college because it's like at the time, of course, everything was really goofy as well. And it ended up being probably the best decision I ever made. At least to me, it definitely is the best decision I ever made. So.
2: And I'm so happy to hear that. And, and for you, it was getting your senior picture taken. Um, And for other students, it might be a college admissions professional like me just sitting in their high school cafeteria, you know, and they happen to be walking by and I happen to say, hey, and start a conversation with them and show them all the possibilities and and encourage them to consider what path is the best for them. And I represent a four-year public institution, but maybe our conversation ends with, me telling them, um, telling them about the two year technical program that's right there in the community. There's so many options out there. Yeah.
1: All right, folks, we are now down to the final two questions, <laughs> the spiciest <laughs> oh, questions Spice. here. So uh, most listeners to this podcast are of course communication and media students. What advice would you give uh, the communication and media majors if they wanted to go into university admissions at MSU or anywhere else?
2: We'll take you. My email is (laughs) (laughs) emily.albert. No, that's a really good question. It is kind of spicy. What advice would I give communication study? What is it? Communication and mass? mass? Communication
0: in media now. Communication.
2: I love that. Yeah, good. Um. What advice I would give them if they're interested in going to university admissions? There's a couple pieces of advice I would give folks who are interested in considering college admissions as a career. First of all, continue practicing critical thinking, but also spend time investing in connecting with people. I think that's been, I've said that a lot, and it's been a theme throughout this interview, but... I think you can go through your college experience even as a communication studies major and not connect with people. So whether it's a podcast project in your class or you don't get an assignment, maybe that's, that's forcing you to go out and talk to people, just find different ways because the human connection is, is really an essential piece of, college admissions. And it's, you know, the more practice, the better. And um, that might look like getting involved in different organizations or activities around campus, going outside of your comfort zone to join a club. Mm, help me.
0: No, the only thing that I would add, and I, being somewhat familiar with Emily, is that um, I think Um, there are several things that you can get involved with. If you think you might want to work in a university, um, which is a nice place to work, right? A nice workplace. Mm -hmm. There are several things that you can do in the university. Like you were a student ambassador, were you not? Yes. You know, those kinds of campus activities you can get involved with.
2: Yeah. And it can be anything. So...
0: CA, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. So when I was a student, I was a community advisor in the res halls. That was my first... Like employment with the university, I would say, and I still connect with, when I was a student worker, and obviously there were professionals in residential life, and now we are colleagues, um, and those connections that I made as a student were really valuable. I was a community advisor in the residential halls. I was a student ambassador, and that's probably the most direct experience you can get if you're looking to have a career in college admissions. Student ambassadors give campus tours to prospective students, so they're very involved with the admissions team during both our daily campus visit opportunities, but also like our weekend open houses and all those things. When you see big groups of people walking through campus, that's us, sorry if we're in your way. Um, the student ambassadors, they just get that taste of what, it, what it's like to interact with prospective students. And some people love it. I loved it. And some people don't like it. Then you know. Um, I was also in student government. So starting to see kind of the interworkings of the university and the policies and the leadership organization, the hierarchy of who's who. Um, you can also be an admissions officer with no experience in, in um, student leadership at all. And you certainly don't have to work professionally in the admissions office of your alma mater. We have non-MSU grads who work in our MSU office. Um, I'm loyal through and through, (laughs) but um, yeah, it's it's a really great career and I'm enjoying my time. I do see my future um, in higher education and probably college admissions because of the start and the experiences I had as an undergraduate student on a college campus, finding different ways to learn more about the institution and all we have to offer.
1: All right, folks. We are down to the final question. The hardest question, <laughs> <God>. the spiciest <laughs> question.
2: Whoa.
1: Are you ready for this one? Yeah. All right, you might want to hold on to something here because it's going to be very difficult to answer. Okay. What is? What do you wish we would have asked you but didn't?
2: These are great questions. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you are gonna ask me about how I got here, like from the beginning. Um, you asked about my educational background and how that may have influenced the work I do today. But I, I do think the beginnings story is interesting, Dr. Engen's familiar and um but it's on a different podcast. So maybe you just gotta have to go listen to that and there's gonna be a link. So maybe mm-hmm. I don't have to talk about it at all.
0: Well I think she has to talk about it, didn't she? Yeah I, th- I she think, talk I, about think it. You I mean you don't have to you know you can don't feel like we, we don't want to keep you all day, but you can if talk you, about it. Yeah, if you want to, you yeah. can talk about it.
2: I think, it's, I think it is an interesting and important story. I wish I would have spoke about it more eloquently.
0: Tell us. Tell us the story, Emily. Okay.
2: Um, just that, you know, today I am an assistant director of the admissions office at Minnesota State University, Mankato. And I love MSU. I love it through and through. I am proud to represent the university, and I love sharing stories with the students that I work with. But freshman year Emily, first year student Emily, wasn't so sure. And I think that um, people who haven't heard the story before who know me today might not realize that or might might not guess that. In my first year as a student, I was very afraid of the world, and I stayed in my residence hall room in julius Sears, and I saw all these people having fun and joining clubs and doing things on the weekends and building relationships and making new friends and I wanted all those things, but I wasn't I wasn't doing it myself, and I didn't know how to do it and um, I What I did think about and did consider was even transferring out um, of MSU. And can you imagine if I did that? I would not have met you, I would not have met a lot of my closest friends, I would not be working where I am today. Um, But because I stuck it out and because I went outside my comfort zone, found good people, found my place on campus um, with organizations that had missions that I valued and Meetings that I enjoyed doing, going to activities that I enjoyed doing, like giving campus tours and sitting on student government. Um, I discovered this world of student affairs and discovered this passion for connecting with people, and ultimately found the career of working in college admissions because of because of that little OG story. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really I, I'm happy about that that I got outside my comfort zone that first year and ultimately truly that led me to where I am today. And I think for some people it is the right choice to transfer. I'm not saying like right. you should never transfer out of the institution you started at, but sometimes it's worth sticking it out.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm glad you shared that story uh, in, yeah. in this podcast as well. and Just uh, like a yeah.
2: brief... Mention of it, yeah.
0: Man, this has been great, and it's been a nice, Carson.
1: Yeah, this is and a really nice interview. Uh is there anything that else you would like to uh plug for the podcast? Like any way that our audience
0: can contact you at all?
2: Yeah, do you want them to contact me?
0: They might have questions yeah. and things, yeah. You never know.
2: Yeah, I would do love that. for people to reach out. Um can I get my email?
0: I think you can give your email. We can also put it right in the episode guide too, but yeah, yeah, give your email.
2: Okay. Yeah. I would love to connect with people and people could certainly shoot me an email, emily.albright at mnsu.edu. And if you just Google Emily Albright, Mankato, I should probably be there too.
0: Is it Emily? I know how to spell E-M-I-L-Y. And then how do you spell Albright?
2: Albright, A L B. R I G H T.
0: Couldn't remember if it was one or two L's. Just all right. the one L. Well, Carson, close this out, man. All right. So I have no more questions <laughs> for you.
1: So I'm gonna just.
2: <laughs> Those were spicy. <laughs>
1: just throw that over there. Um, thank you, Emily, for joining us all today on the Curiosity Podcast, the season two premiere, Whoa. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that is true. All oh. right. So it's. It's so crazy to see that we're already on season two of this podcast. Uh, But that is it. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.